0: okay so the first question is you are a second generation chartered accountant so your father has also been employed in lagos in nigeria where you did your schooling so tell us more about your africa schooling how did it impact your career later on so today for example from a cross cross-cultural batchmate perspective where you are in insead which boasts of having alums from 90 plus nationalities And I'm sure you must be having around 70, 80 kind of nationalities in your batch. So how was that kind of an experience?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's a great question to start. Uh, I think life comes full circle. And uh, it all all started, like my choices, my career choices of pursuing chartered accountancy started from my father. uh, Who is an exceptionally, whom I always look after, uh, look up to and... uh, it feels as if, you know, I always wanted to be like him. Uh, apart from that, my elder brother is a chartered accountant. Uh, my fiance is a chartered accountant. So we are uh, a family of chartered charter accountants. accountants. Yes. And uh, I, so he, we left for Africa at a very, when I was very young. And I schooled there for 11 years. And it was a great place to be. Um, uh, it was an Indian school uh, based out of CBSC board uh, that I schooled in. And um, Everyone came from different parts of the country and different parts of the world, uh, primarily Indian though. Uh, but it was a great place and a great exposure to have at a very early age. And I think uh, coming fa- fast forwarding to Insiad, INSEAD is uh, just uh, augmenting that experience. And uh, having, uh, as you said, uh, 70 plus nationalities in my batch and 90 plus nationalities from the alumni. Um, so yeah, I think life is just coming full circle now.
0: So how does it impact, as in a classroom discussion, having someone from Egypt and someone from Europe, how does that add to the quality of the discussion? Uh,
1: so primarily, it opens up your mind uh, to different ways of working across the world, especially now because everything is becoming so globalized. And uh, I mean to give you an example. Let's say uh, there was this. Uh, we have an organizational behavior course at INSEAD, and which is about basically how people function and work within and uh, within a big, large organization. And at times when I share my point of view, there are there is someone from the other corner of the class who says, "No, that would definitely not work in my country." And then there's a third hand in the class which who says that, "Okay, this is how it happens in my country," and this just opens up your mind uh, because. Till now, so far, I had I have had stints abroad, but uh, never in such a very diverse group. And so, it just uh, basically opens up your mind to such a diverse uh, set of perspectives.
0: Yeah, so a Japanese perspective will be very different from an Indian and an American. Correct. Correct. Yes. yes. So, in terms of your articleship, so you worked in the technology, media, and telecom practice of EY during your articleship. So, how come in articleship you got
1: such a specific role? So uh, the big four, uh, I'm not sure about how the other big fours are organized. But in Ernst & Young, there are three verticals under statutory audit. Uh, It's uh, technology, communications, and entertainment. Now it's known as technology, media, and telecom um uh, there's financial services and there's manufacturing uh, and these are the primarily three main verticals and when i was joining eva i was very fascinated and very passionate about the technology space and in my two years of internship there i got exposed to a wide variety of technology tech companies uh, e-commerce uh, and so that just opens up your mind uh, uh, to this sector uh, that's how the internal structures of the big four is organized as well Alright. So then in the third year, uh, you opted for,
0: I think Nomura as an analyst for their credit derivatives for Japan. Now there is this pertinent question that one, how was this experience? Second, like a lot of wannabe rank holders, they kind of want to refrain from opting for industrial training in the third uh, year because it has a kind of an impression that it will not help you get a rank, you'll get swamped with work. So what has been your experience on that front?
1: I think uh, for me, industrial training is an, has been an excellent option that, has, uh, that the ICAI has opened up in general. Um, it gives uh, students an early exposure into the industry uh, because primarily they have been doing articleship uh, in mid-size or large firms. And just how things work in an industry uh, before you actually qualify as a chartered accountant and gives you a flavor of whether this is right for you or not. Um, Now, coming to the question that yes, uh, a lot of uh, people who study uh, CA refrain from doing industrial training because of the exams. Uh, I acknowledge it is a very intensive exam um, and it requires a lot of hard work. Uh, but the the added advantage of uh, industrial training is that uh, a lot of the courses uh, which you study during CA becomes easy. For example, in my case, uh, because I was uh, doing the credit derivatives uh, in Nomura, uh, studying the finance courses and studying the derivatives chapter, which a lot of students uh, do not like, uh, became very easy for me. Uh-huh. And second... Uh-huh. And, and second uh, You also, I think you can plan in advance. So when you start your industrial training, you know that, okay, you're not going to get as many leaves as the other students are. Uh, And so you can plan in advance, start studying for two days, uh, two hours, uh, uh, you know, in a week begin, uh, and then maybe, you know, gradually move, ramp it up uh, so that you don't have to start studying just as you start getting leaves. A lot of your portion can be done during that year. Uh, because industrial training uh, can give you that option and uh, your bosses and your principals who are training you, they also know this course because they are also charter accountants. And so they acknowledge this as
0: well. Yeah. Fair point. So, yeah. Now in one of your articles after you had scored a rank in CA final that I read yes. online, uh, so you recommended that students should at least sleep for 8 hours. So that yes. was an article on CA Club India. So it's heartening to know that, you know, because toppers kind of claim that they hardly slept. So in my time also, I had secured a rank and I used to tell people that, you know, I will not compromise on sleep. And people Mm. said, no, no, toppers just sleep for two hours, four hours. I mean, that is massive myth in the market. So what's been your take
1: on that? Correct. I think um, sleep is a very important uh, component uh, of the exam preparation uh, because, it helps you retain what you study. And uh, I have always been a day study person, uh, but uh, I, I'm not an advocate. So you, basically you decide on your schedule what works best for you. Uh, but at the same time, I believe that at least eight hours of sleep is very important because you are studying an immense amount of work, uh, you know, an immense amount of material during a certain session. And so if your brain has to function at its peak capacity during the day, uh, sleep becomes very, very important. Otherwise, it becomes a short term performance, but you're not able to sustainably carry it on and there'll be a day when you'll not be able to function. Yeah, but even
0: the night before the exams like direct tax, you slept eight hours?
1: Yes. Uh, because after a point, you know what you know and you know what you don't know. and There's not much that you can study in the night before the exams. Yeah. I would just say that uh, my strategy was to solve uh, a series of mock tests Uh, Built in a similar schedule like the exams on a similar timing. And so I studied for these mock tests, um, I think one month before the exams actually started in the same way. And I knew, okay, I'm taking how much time in studying for what chapters in my pre preparation. Okay, okay. Uh, And this was my strategy to actually tackle that one and a half day that you get before every paper. The the course load is intense. And so I had condensed all my notes into a, a, a. how do you say a, a 30 to 40 pager material that i can easily go through instead of going through all the questions in the manual um, and that's how i was able to do it
0: yeah. oh that's a good strategy but even things like direct tax indirect tax you would be condensing that into 30 40 pages
1: yes uh, so i did not go through the entire notes i just went through some of the key important questions that I had marked out and my key notes my notes for every subject even for direct and indirect tax, Yeah. Alright. It was a common strategy for across all subjects. In that article another interesting aspect
0: in your recommendation okay. was your focus on meditation and deep breaths. Tell us more.
1: So, uh, as I said sleep and mindf- mindfulness is very important while you study uh, for the Charter accountancy exam. You you should you should be in complete control of the subject. It is a very intensive subject. It can it takes a lot out of a person. And so um, I wouldn't say that okay everyone needs to do meditation. For some people it really works. For some people it doesn't. But find your way. My advice would be to find a way that actually that you can connect your body. Uh, uh, To the outside world maybe take a walk or do yoga Uh, in my case it was just deep breathing Uh, but do these kind of things that can actually connect you outside to the nature and you're not just sitting inside a room and studying for 16 hours a day Uh, because it's very important Uh, along with sleep these kind of things also help a lot in boosting your productivity you do that in during
0: now in Seattle as well you are able to manage Uh, time for that yes
1: Yes, uh, uh, so at INSEAD, it's uh, not deep breathing, but I usually run. We have a forest behind our campus, oh. and so at, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a forest behind the campus, and I usually run after uh, classes on most of the days. That's my way of uh, releasing the stress out.
0: Amazing, amazing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so you are a ranker in CA final, and you entered this prestigious finance leadership program of the Aditya Birla Group, which is exclusively for rank holders. So take us through this uh, rigorous selection process because a lot of uh, people want to get there, but they have no real clue. And then in your sense, what is it about your candidature that got them excited, uh, your good case interview, your big four vintage, etc. What really worked in your favor?
1: Uh, okay, so the first part of the question is about the Aditya Birla leadership program, the recruitment experience. Um, it, is, uh, yeah, it is definitely a tough one because you're recruiting amongst uh, some of the best uh, talented chartered accountants in the country who have graduated. And they are all very sharp minds and uh, you know, great at what they've done so far. Um, also very brilliant in the exams Um, so I remember my time we were about 80 80 to 90 rankers that had come and appeared for the Aditya Barula leadership programs. As soon as you get a rank uh, in my days I got a letter from Aditya Barula Finance Leadership saying that this is the outline of the program uh, and these are the dates when we will be holding interviews and uh, please confirm back on um, whether you can come or not and I remember But they sent a chocolate along as well, congratulating me for the rank, So Mm -hmm. which was a very nice gesture. Um, Coming to the interview day, it's a series of four to five rounds um, and starting with a group session. Um, It's a group discussion. So basically you're given a case and then you have to talk it out amongst the group. Uh, The evaluators are mostly looking at how you are in a group setting. From then on, it becomes a series of uh, HR and technical interviews uh, testing you on your knowledge. And uh, if I, I mean, you asked a question on what was, what was, what did they see in me? uh, It's very hard to pinpoint on a certain thing. I don't don't know what they saw in me, but perhaps it can be, uh, it it probably is a mixture of uh, the big four experience, uh, the industrial training. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, doing well on the interview day.
0: These case studies are based around their real-life problems, like how do you optimize cost in a cement plant, something like that?
1: Uh, I don't remember the exact case. Uh, it's a two-pager case. It's a real business case. A ah, real business just case. case. Yeah, it's a real business case. Uh, but I think uh, it's more condensed so that it can finish off in 45 minutes because uh, otherwise it would just go yeah. on for hours. So the problems are made much more condensed so that they can stimulate group discussions easily. Yes. All right.
0: So then, uh, you know, I was just going through your profile. So you have learned Brazilian and Portuguese on the job. So yes. how was it uh, as an experience? Easy, difficult? And was that really crucial for that assignment to stop follow in Brazil? Yes. Uh, which? What yes.
1: exactly did you do there? Sure. So... Uh, this was during this, uh, the first year at Aditya Birla leadership program. And what had happened is uh, they were looking for a finance leadership associate to go to Brazil. Um, and uh, it was two months before the actual assignment was start- starting. And uh, the group was very kind enough to offer a Brazilian Portuguese tutor to me. And so what I used to do is uh, I used to... Um, work on my stint at during the day and then wh- when i went back in the night on mondays wednesdays and fridays i had the tutor come to my house and teach me pro- portuguese which i had to pick up within two months uh obviously i did not know the entire language within two months it's very hard but uh once i went there i kept working on the language and uh, made a few friends uh, continuously so uh yeah that was the way i really enjoy working uh learning new languages and uh it was very crucial on the job because a lot of uh, people in Brazil, if you need to get things done and uh, you need to know the language, at least the basics. A um, lot of, uh, a lot of my work was around helping multinationals, Indian multinationals uh, in the ease of doing business in Brazil and in Latin America. And so the, uh, the project required a lot of, uh, networking as well as desktop research and a lot of the resources were available in portuguese and so it was very crucial for me to know uh, portuguese Yes. and the language the familiarity with
0: someone's language also helps you bring familiarity with them very easily people kind of open up if you address them in their agree that's an important learning uh, that if you are eyeing an international career it's good to have a couple of languages up your sleeve
1: like yes, not not a prerequisite, but yes, I, I if you're doing an international stint and they don't speak English there, I would definitely advise anyone to go and learn the language. And uh, just as a side note, I learned the language not all, through the tutor, but uh, also through listening to Brazilian music and watching Brazilian movies. So you get a good sense of their culture uh, overall, and uh, you know you're able to appreciate that. So it doesn't become a big cultural shock for you when, once you land there. Oh yeah
0: so then uh, after i think during the first year they keep you rotating through different stints yes. for 3 months each and then you were put in the health insurance business yes. is yes. it so there yes. uh, you are on a double fast track mode you were the youngest chief manager in that business so tell us more you know how did that journey span out for you uh,
1: so the health insurance opportunity came to me when i was in my na- last stint and at that point, the job description was just one paragraph. Uh, it was a startup. We had not hit launched. And they were looking for someone to work in their finance team. Uh, and uh, I was very excited because uh, fortunately, it was about creating a company from scratch. And uh, the business model was very exciting. It was around um, incentivizing uh, health insurance uh, through an embedded wellness component. And uh, I really believed in the business. Uh, I I believed in the product that we were creating as a company. And uh, I think that would, those were somewhat like the best uh, days of my career while we were working uh, uh, to create the business. And my role was to create the business plans and work on the strategy of the organization. Uh, so really, really good time. Um, one of the best moments was when we launched our product to the market. And uh, just seeing uh, our first customers buy the product and try the product uh, was very, very exciting.
0: So your role
1: wasn't just
0: that of a bookkeeper or someone who would make budgets and do the annual business plans, but someone who actually was in the thick of things when it came to the business implementation. Was it like that?
1: Yeah, so initially, I think uh, it was a two-member two, or a two member or a three member finance team. So we were doing uh, my, my boss and uh, me and then uh, another management trainee who joined soon. Uh, we were doing almost everything in finance. Uh, it's accounting, taxation, uh, investments, and also the business planning and the distribution strategy, rollout strategy. Uh, sooner, uh, and, uh, like within four months to six months, the finance team became bigger and bigger. And from a two or three member finance team, uh, I remember in three years, it became a 40 member finance team. So, yeah, so uh, it uh, the company grew really fast. We scaled very fast. And uh, yeah, the roles became also much more defined. I was part of the financial planning and analysis team, and my role was actually to Evaluate uh, any initiative that we take as a company from the financial point of view. Also look at strategic partnerships with our distributors uh, from the financial feasibility uh, standpoint. Yes.
0: Amazing work. Yeah, good.
1: Yes. And then yes. so many
0: awards—a uh, leadership associate award, best employee kind of an award. So, what has been your secret sauce, Vik? I mean, normally people awards pay
1: awards. How is this happening? What's your secret recipe for this? Uh, there is no secret recipe. Uh, I mean, I, I for, uh, like I'm just very humbled uh, to you know having received those awards. Um, I guess it's just uh, if I have to think of it, it's just passion uh, that you bring to the table and uh, just being excited to go to work every day and uh, thinking about okay, what is going to happen and what is going to be, what am I going to do, and uh, also collaborating with different teams across the company and uh, making sure that, you know, the work gets done and uh, following the right set of values and principles. Uh, everything taken into account. Uh, yes, uh, really humbled to get those two awards. Yeah. Super. Yeah. So
0: then, uh, a very pertinent question which comes. You're doing very well in your Aditya Bilda health insurance, the youngest chief manager, bought a series of awards. Life was good. I think the pace in the financial leadership program is also quite good for Bombay standards. Then suddenly, you know, this stint uh, of international MBA, in because the first thing which a typical marwadi like me will think is a lakh dollars plus kind of yeah. an expense. So yes. people at home will say, kya in that true sense ki. will you have that ROI in hmm. that? And then if you try to explain them the long-term thing, people don't understand so, you know yeah. take us through that journey of your the transition from corporate doing well again to being a student in an expensive although yeah. it's a coveted program but yeah yeah
1: no i agree it's a, it is a very expensive program but at the same time it's very hard to evaluate the roi of such an mba program because uh, i believe you've also done an mba anurag and i am right and so you understand this uh it's very hard to evaluate the short term benefits of the of an mba because it gives you much more than just a job post mba you get a you get a network to a diff, to a talented set of people you get access to uh, you know such a diverse set of companies and you just get to learn a lot more when you're here So it's very hard to just put a number figure to it, uh, saying that, okay, this is my ROI from the tuition fee that I have paid. Um, For me, when I was considering doing the INSEAD MBA, my biggest criteria for decision was to talk to senior alums and talk to uh, people who have actually done this program and whether they recommend doing it. And uh, when I reached out to alums, uh, first of all, what was so uh, surprising and so nice to see was, Uh, I received responses from all of them uh, within uh, two days. Uh, And that's when I realized, okay, the alumni network is so strong. And second, then, you know, each one had good things to say about the program and recommended it uh, from an overall perspective. And that's when I decided, okay, I will go and try this. Each one gets a different benefit out of the MBA program. Uh, No two people get the same benefit. Uh, It's a very, you choose your own electives, you choose your own experiences, you make your own friends, but at the end of the day, everyone finds their own value. Yes.
0: Yeah. So having a view of, which is okay, this is your pre MBA salary. This is your post MBA salary. That's a very myopic way
1: to judge the efficacy of this one year program, right? Yes. Yes. I completely agree. I think it's very hard to uh, put a, you know, just put a financial number by salary. there's a lot more happening other than salary uh, that you should take into that one must take into account uh, while looking at an MBA also one must not also uh, one thing that I must say is that one must not also not just look at rankings while applying for MBA you should really look at what is your best fit uh, and uh, then apply to those MBA programs which 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 you feel are you know, perhaps the right geography to be in post-MBA or the right careers to be in, what that school specializes for. Yes.
0: So, that brings me to the next question, like, you know, GMAT 740 and then your INSEAD application, where else did you apply? And uh, what I hear also is that apart from self-study for the GMAT, you could take some coaching. These INSEAD yes. applications, people use a lot of professionals to, you know, write down their SOPs and their typical six essays that, in CRT. So, did you also use professionals to help you mentor, get mentored, and do this thing the right way?
1: Yes. Uh, yes. So, um, I first talk about the consultants. So, I, I think in India now it's become a huge industry, uh, the admission consulting industry. Uh, there are primarily two kinds of consultants that I that I saw out there. One who actually just help you in editing and guiding you through the entire process because. Uh, For me, I did not know how the process works. And second, uh, those who actually write your essays. Now, I would not recommend the latter ones, uh, those who write your essays. I think your essays have to come out from your own personal self, what you relate to. And so I would not recommend doing that. But the first case where someone can actually guide you through the process and tells you what works and looks at your application and gives you a more high level uh, view on whether the essay is going in the right direction. I think that's a great place to be. Um, The uh, the consultant that I worked with uh, also helped me connect to some senior alums who had done their MBA from Europe. And uh, they they knew what MBA schools in Europe look for uh, and were able to help me and guide me because those things were, those elements were present in my profile. It's just that, one should know that these are the elements that we should talk about or we should display while uh, talking or while you know uh, preparing the application um, coming to gmat uh, your question was around coaching and self study uh, yes i think uh, you i mean coaching is fine uh, coaching really helps it gives you a flavor of what the course is all about but at the end of the day self study is very important um, and doing those mock exams of gmat uh, helps yeah. you uh, get a good score and uh, i did this while working and uh, it's it you uh, one does not need to take a leave for doing these exams it's more yeah. about logic and quantitative uh, uh, logic and so i would my suggestion is yes maybe if you if you feel like do do coaching around it but at the same time practice uh, during the week, practice during your commute from work to home, or find ways uh, to, you know, practice with a friend. And uh, it it's not a it's not impossible to get a good score on the GMAT. Yeah.
0: And how important is the GMAT score in the application process? Is it a hygiene factor or a determinant like the CAD percentile? So in the so, for example, in the Indian program of IIM Dabat, the PGPX, GMAT is not yes. a deal breaker. So they, it's yes. a good to have thing to have a 750,
1: 760. So how's it in Europe admissions? So um, I do not know the admissions how they look at it, but from my sense, and this is my own personal sense, I think it would weigh around uh, maybe 15% uh, or to, to uh, f- 10 to 15% in your overall right. application. Your uh, yeah, I, it's it's very uh, I think it's comparatively low compared to the Indian MBA schools. Uh, but this is, again, my personal gut feeling. Uh, it, I think if you have a good score anywhere between 700 to 740 or 750 plus, uh, it gives you a good foot in the door and a very good uh, entry, uh, entry into the interview process of an MBA school. Uh, but then it all comes down to your profile, your essays and the interviews and also your references from work. All of those taken into together uh, are considered by the admissions officers. Admission officers, and they look at it very holistically. Uh, and you're also
0: interviewed by alums of INSEAD, na?
1: That is also part of the yes. process. Yes, I think that was that's a, that's a masterstroke because uh, while you're interviewing with the alums, after the interview, you can always have a casual chat with them and understand about their siad experience yeah. at the end and it really helps to understand okay the school is right for me or not and uh, for me yes uh, when i spoke to the alums, both were very friendly and welcoming and i really had a good time all right fantastic yeah. now take
0: us through your stint at mba i mean you are what 11 months into the program now uh 10th this tenth. is the 10th month 10th yeah, month yeah. so what has been your typical day you know taking that backpack and walking into a classroom after being part of a business launch team at Aditya Villa. How's been that experience? What have you learned? What have been the transformations?
1: Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to become a student after you've worked uh, in a in a business uh, environment and, you know, going back. And now again, you know, when I have to go back to work again, uh, it's, it's going to be a very difficult transition uh, for the first one or two weeks. But uh, for me, I uh, When I entered the classroom and I was exposed to uh, such a diverse set, again, uh, the diverse set of talented people and just knowing the experiences that people have come from, uh, from all parts of the world. Uh, Someone has worked in a cybersecurity startup in Israel, while someone has worked in agricultural tech, someone has come from the army. And uh, it's it's just amazing to work with such, uh, you know, diverse set of people and, you know, get a sense of how they work. And INSEAD does this very good job of putting you into uh, groups and a lot of work that you do is in such diverse groups. And so it's very, uh, it's very, in, it's a very good learning to understand the group dynamics and uh, work in, uh, you know, work in such groups and get work done and get your assignments done.
0: The pedagogy part- is completely case study based there as well.
1: Uh, it's a mixture. So it's not completely case study based. Uh, some classes are uh, also simulation based. Uh, some classes are guest speakers where you have to prepare beforehand. Uh, I wouldn't say it's completely case study based. Uh, again, it depends on the class that you take uh, completely. There was one class that I took. It was about entrepreneur, entrepreneurship in uh, action. And that was a complete simulation where you're running a company uh, with a group. Uh, and you take a role of a C- CXO. And uh, after every round, you come back and you debrief on what the company could have done better and how you are compared okay. to the competitors. So uh, a very different way, from a way of learning. And it was an intensive course that lasted over a, a weekend. Really enjoyed it.
0: What have been the other exciting, you know, the guest speaker lectures and the in terms of the electives, things you thought that, oh my God, this is I have, what I have learned. It would have taken me 10 years. Otherwise... Or maybe I would not have learned in the usual course of things. Electives, guest uh, electives. yes. lectures.
1: <laughs> yes, I think the list can go on uh, for uh, this. Uh, there were there have been a lot of aha moments uh, for me at INSEAD. Uh, for example, uh, in my very recent class that I've just concluded today, uh, we got to create an artificial intelligence chatbot, uh, uh, which is which was basically a working prototype for a fintech model. Um, Then uh, two weeks back we had Indra Nui who's uh, now retired from PepsiCo. Uh, She came on campus uh, to give a talk, and she spoke about how uh, you know there is uh, this growing importance of women in the workplace, and how she, as a woman leader, uh, one of the pioneers, in fact, uh, was able to manage her personal life and work. And just knowing about that, you know, gives you a sense of perspective on how difficult it is for for a woman and especially an Indian woman in the workplace. Um, And then, I I mean, there have been lots. Uh, When I was, I did an Abu Dhabi exchange, uh, campus exchange in Abu Dhabi. And over there, we got to meet a lot of companies on uh, and a lot of startups on the work that they're doing. And um, just a lot of exciting stuff that you're exposed to. Uh, It's very hard to pinpoint on a single experience, but I think every day is a very exciting day to be here uh kind of side that it's all finishing up uh, but uh, yes also looking forward to get
0: when are you graduating
1: we graduate in two weeks uh, it's uh, on 5th of july
0: oh very close now. yes
1: yeah. now when we discuss the aha moments
0: were there also moments which tested your tenacity of purpose your low moments? like one is that when you go to campus these kind of campuses you get overwhelmed by the kind of achievers that surround you we all are little achievers yes. in our own world, and then when yes. we are swarmed by so many, do you have? Did you have those kind of experiences? What were your typical low moments? Also, I'm sure there could have been some.
1: Yes, uh, for sure. I think everyone. It, it, this is a very overwhelming experience, especially when you are put into a group of, as 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 I mentioned before, 70 plus nationalities. Uh, there are times when you have conflicts uh, within groups, and it's all about how you manage those conflicts. Uh, some days are very stressful uh, when you just want to go back home and uh, you know take, take take the night off um, but but again I would say that you know those are very short term low moments um, it's it's not like something that has lasted over a period of time um, again I, I cannot speak for the entire class at INSEAD because I everyone has a has, has had a very very different experience if I was to do it again I would have a very different experience uh, but in in the overall sense, I think uh, those low moments, whatever have come, especially when you work with other people, there can be a, some set of conflicts have not lasted beyond a day or two and uh, so uh, it's uh, it doesn't like it it's not something that keeps me up at night yes
0: okay, so we and uh, what about this Robin Hood Club? I'm quite excited to yeah. what is exactly this uh, Robin Hood club there?
1: Yeah, in fact, I also didn't know when I was applying to INSEAD. Uh, It's a very, I think it's one of the most interesting clubs uh, that I've seen here. Robin Hood is uh, basically a scholarship uh, that uh, students, uh, it's by the students, for the students. And so what we do is we do a lot of activities on campus to bring students together. A lot of fun activities, in fact. And uh, the proceeds uh, that we raise uh, from this uh, is is matched by the school and it's all it's given to uh, a student in need uh, of uh, towards his tuition fee and uh, the entire i think for the students it's a very good way to actually you know have fun on campus have these fun activities on campus i'll give you an example uh, i was part of being a marathon runner i organized a small 5k run in the forest in the month of october uh, no sorry november and, uh, yeah, we had 70-plus NCADers running in the forest uh, in the 5K. And it was a really fun event to organize and, uh, you know, t- take part in. And uh, I also hadn't heard about this club before. But for me, I've I've got some really great friends from that club now. Oh, absolutely. And the kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So, we've spoken a lot about uh, the Vivek, who has been achieving on the corporate front, in the academic front, in NCAD. What does Vivek do for fun?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do like to hang out with my friends over dinners and uh, just uh, you know have a nice discussion um, uh, also go out and uh, go out and try new uh, restaurants. Um, but I think my biggest way of having fun is to uh, work out and go for a run. Uh, I am a big believer in health and fitness and and uh, i do a lot of running in the in the forest uh, and uh, the weather is really nice right now so uh, during these months uh, in france and so i just take the time out and you know uh, go for a run and uh, have a lot of runner friends at Intiag. and so we just do it together as well um, apart from that i read a lot of books uh, and uh, nonfiction books uh, and that's my way of just you know again releasing the stress that that builds up during sales. yeah.
0: Super. The final question, which I always ask people, what is your advice to people who are watching this show, youngsters? What would be your sense in terms of the specific actionables that one could do to do
1: well in the career front? Okay. Uh, very tough to give one single piece of advice, but I think uh, I, I can give advice to two sets of people. For those who are pursuing their CA, And those who uh, are currently, you know, thinking about CA, um, I think uh, just be open to all options that are there available. Consider industrial training, as I spoke about, and uh, also study hard and study smart for the CA exams. Um, uh, Read the articles, sleep for eight hours, and uh, just. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy the experience of doing the chartered accountancy course. I would say it's it's a wonderful course, and if you really uh, if you really like what you're studying, you will really enjoy it, and uh, you know, clearing the exams will be easier. Um, coming to people who are now considering INSEAD uh, for their MBA or considering doing an MBA abroad, I would say understand why you want to do an MBA and what are the reasons that. Uh, actually are driving this decision and once you have the why ready then start looking at the, the business schools uh, that are available and then go back and introspect within your profile uh, whether this is the right time for you or not because this is a as you said this is a big investment decision and sometimes I feel uh, especially people in India uh, they they go on to the MBA program too early and then they feel that okay they are not fitting in because of the uh, lack of experience uh, compared to their peers. And I feel understand when your profile is at its peak and at its right time to do the MBA. Don't be in this rat race to finish fastest and first. Just consider okay where you are at personally. Understand that space. Uh, work on your profile. Work hard on your application. And yeah, uh, you know, go out there and get your uh, get you know achieve your dreams. So it, nothing is impossible. I feel, and it's just hard work and smart work.
0: Super, amazing. I think uh, this has been a <laughs> good interview for us. Taking, um, <laughs> I was always. I really now I'm imagining myself in those forests, also running, <laughs> up and running with uh, that
1: group. Yeah, yeah.
0: In the Robin Hood yeah. Club. I mean, the entire journey so far, Touchwood has been really wonderful. I, I really wish you the very best, Vivek, for your future endeavors. And uh, in case there are youngsters who want to be in touch with you, I would recommend that they connect with you on LinkedIn. I'll leave the link yes. of your profile in the description. And that's Definitely. how it is. Thank you so much for sparing our time out of your busy schedule just two weeks away from convocation. And wish you the very best for your convocation. Thank you. Thanks, Anurag. Thank you. All right. Very Bye. humbled again to be here. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.